0: Welcome to This Shifting Moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers.
1: And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice.
0: And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities.
1: We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. So So that it doesn't consume everything in us, you know, even some of the traumas that we talked about, you know, or, or the grief that we talk about or physical pain it, you know, we may not be able to fade, change the physical pain that we deal with, but we can change the human being that's handling the
0: pain. That's, that's a, that's a meme. If I've ever heard one, <laughs> because I think that that that's really not like shared So, so yeah. in your story, because In your story from writing these oh sorry, if you have more on that, go well, for it. And,
1: and because I I hear a lot of work and I you know and i people might rail against you know my perspective on this and honestly I really, Please don't, do. it's, I really it's don't this care.
0: shifting moment at gmail.com. Send yeah. us your
1: And feel feel free <laughs> yeah. to feel free to do that, you know, because you know, I hear, you know, a lot of talk about trauma, you know, and work on trauma, work on grief. And work on anxiety and work on depression. What is it we're really trying to do? Are we trying to fix it? Hmm. Because if our goal is trying to fix it, we we have an expectation that we're going to be able to get to the other side of it, and on some level, we're gonna. It's gonna be okay.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And that I just will never have to. And that that's I, such a, I, that I will never have to think about. This I won't. Anymore. I won't have to it worry. Won't be, yeah. I won't. I won't a, take an eraser. Exactly.
1: To like I'm, you know. Again, I hear people. I hear people talking about I need to do this work on myself, and I was like, "What is it, what is it you're hoping to get from doing the work? Mm, mm. Are you hoping t- to not have that issue be a problem? Mm, mm. And basically, when you when you address it like that, yeah. Well, and so so really, if if you're you're causing your life experience." You're, you're basically putting them into a category of things that are wrong and things that are more wrong and things that are unbearably wrong, you know, or things that I can handle, things that I can kind of handle. When we start to categorize things that are workable and things that are not workable, what are we doing? We're kind of telling ourselves that there are certain things that we experienced in our life that we're incapable of handling. And that... It's really important for us to recognize that we're, we are capable of handling. We have skin. We are tougher than we think that we, we, we are. And, you know, when I started doing work, um, and this is just my story, and, I, I mean, everybody else is going to have a different story, but I, I didn't really realize the trauma that I'd experienced early in my childhood. You know, I, I, had, a, I had an older brother that was really kind of unwell, and um you know he's gone now my parents are gone and so I don't really care about you know I'm not really offending anyone but but he you know he tried to take my life many many times and so it really caused me to feel like you know my life in a lot of ways had didn't have value that I was expendable and um and i i look at that i look back at that and i never did any work around it never saw a therapist never did never did a lot of this stuff that people would call traditional work and um it's something that I, I i i share a lot in my in my sessions and everybody's a little bit different some people are able to handle stuff that that they went through um there was a long period of time where i didn't handle it very well um but i look back on it now and that my holding that and being able to talk about it has been probably one of the most powerful gifts for me uh, because it's changed not my perception of what happened. It's changed my perception of me. That's,
0: that's the key. And that, that's something that I think, I mean, for if there's probably, I don't know how many people are listening to this right now, but for me, there's probably a bunch of people like me who that just, that just popped our minds wide open because that, that's the key, right? It's, it's, and that's something that is so, um, it's so difficult to pin that down. That's the reason I don't think it's like it's so it's, difficult. It's widely accepted because it, you can't sell that. Right? Can, I can't, can't. I can't sell you. I can't sell you being okay with you. No. Like,
1: but <laughs> like, I want to
0: sell you a new you. And I think right.
1: that's one of the reasons I personally find the value work so important. Because who am I in my pain? Who am I in my morning anxiety? Who am I when the when the bottom falls out and I'm left with nothing? Who am I? Who am I when when everything is hopeless and I don't want to live anymore, who am I? And that's when we start to realize that I am a human being living on the planet. And this is, I'm having a human experience. And this is an experience that people will experience all over the world in this exact moment in time. And if we really stand back and take a look, we look at the larger picture of humanity on this planet today and the wide range of experiences people are experiencing. And we see people going through an amazing 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 things. And they're they're resilient and they're persistent and they stay present. And it yes, it's difficult, but that's that's what it means to be a human being. And that's what creates the difference between us and other mammals, is our capacity to hold uh, the unbearable. And our capacity to hold the unbearable is what is in the longer picture of life, it allows us to love deeper, it allows us, it gives us character, it gives us depth, and so when we put pen to paper, what comes out winds up being more and more meaningful, but it's only meaningful in direct relationship to the experience that we allow ourselves to have if we don't if we don't allow ourselves to have those experiences, if we keep running around trying to fix them so that I can be better, what we're doing is we're, we're creating a very almost shallow, thin persona. Our character is lacking depth. And, 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 And that's what the program of recovery I think is really beautiful because it isn't really about me feeling better. It isn't really about me having a good experience. It isn't really about me being well. It's about me being of service. It's not about me. It's not about me. Can I help you? Wow, I've been there. Wow, I've been there. I know what that feels like. And when you stand in front of somebody and you tell them that you know what it feels like, and they look in your eyes; they know that you know what it feels like. Yeah, it's no, it, it's, it's not coming from a place of being shallow, of pretending yeah. you know what they feel like. And so, what I would encourage you, Josh, is those painful moments are gold. They're mm. hard, but they're
0: gold. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right, and I, I think you've yeah, it's tough to convey how much that actually means. So, like podcasts, <laughs> like I got it's uh. It's fucking crazy. I think now, and I think this goes back to, you know, what we were talking about just in the first part of this conversation, Um, you know, those, those radar pangs that I brought up um, that were basically like, you know, early in the morning when you wake up uh, and you just feel this sense of like emptiness, I guess, you know? And I I think this is a journey that that I've talked to a lot of people in, in early recovery and that they they have shared the same sort of sentiment where it's those pangs as this radar. So like, basically it's just the radar, uh, sets off these, your internal radar. So I would just say like my brain, my mind sets off these like sort of radar pangs, like on a radar and these different things, these different anxieties, these different fears, these different, um, uh, sort of real, real issues begin to hit the radar. And then I internalize that you know, first thing in the morning, (laughs) I internalize that as, okay, these are the things I need to steer away from, that I need to, um, not even so much that need to be solved, that I I just, oh, I need to get this out of sight, out of mind. Because that's like, the tricky part is that there's a subtle message in most wellness communities, um, along with recovery communities, that You know, that is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is that it's out of sight, out of mind. The ultimate goal is that I never will have to deal with these things again, that uh, that that's in my past and that somehow I will learn to live in a matter that uh, will create distance in such a way that I'll never have to look back. (laughs) And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would be helpful in the long run you know i i don't know how not looking back at something um would actually be healing in any way so i think i'm learning to look at those pangs which is such an awful word i don't know why i keep saying the word pang it just just that's the best way i can describe it it's just these these um these anxieties and these fears, I think that, uh, and I'll use that word again, I guess, and this is me in real time processing this. Um, so it might be a little half baked, but I, I think that now I, I don't think that those, the way I viewed the pangs on the radar were, Oh, those are the things I need to get rid of. Yeah. And now it's bring them on,
1: bring them on
0: like the radar is there to show me it's there yep. and like hey guess what this is not the stuff you should be avoiding this is the stuff that like is the stuff that will move your life and, forward and that, it, that you will grow basically yeah.
1: and we have to do we have to be willing to do whatever we have to do to stay with it and not try to fix it or change it and that's why i always tell people if if you're having a Call me up. Come over. Sleep on my couch. We can, whatever. Do whatever you fucking have to do, and, and because we have to be able to learn to stay with it. We haven't been conditioned to do that. We've developed a habit of running away or fixing, or or or, or saying that we're incapable. We're always capable. Everybody, everybody is capable of expir- of holding. Well, yeah. Whatever experience I mean, they I,
0: have. I think it comes back down to that resilient, the resiliency stuff that you've been talking about, that we've been talking about, that we've been mentioned in this conversation. But just the crazy—I mean, just how resilient we really are as human beings. You know, like like what we can actually take versus what we think we can take. Like if you. I, I think one of the key examples of my life is that I my biggest fear in all of this um <laughs> all of this newness is what I call it now. It wasn't newness before, it was just straight up crazy, uh just wild. Um but yeah, in all this newness, my biggest fear was I would lose uh my career, right? Like I would lose the church that I started, I would lose the people they were around me. Um, and so my, my biggest fight early on, especially in recovery and stuff was just try and pull it together as much as you can so that you don't lose the, the most important things. And I, you know, had a moment where that, that did disappear for me. And, um, it was a moment where I had to step away. And, and when I did, I really had to look around and go like, Oh my God, like this was my, this, this is it. Like, <laughs> this is my worst fear. Um, And my worst fear had been realized and I had to just stand there and go like, oh man, well, okay. Worst fear, check. I'm still alive. Check. How's that possible? I'm still breathing. I'm still sane. I'm still here. I'm still healing. And now, now, now is where the fun part happens, right? Like I can hold, if I can hold this, I can hold anything. If I can hold the other tragedies that I've gone through in my life and I'm still here uh, with moments that I smile, with moments that um, that I can actually look back on and go wow, like those shaped me, not those hurt me, those shaped me. I think I think we really underestimate our ability to to hold,
1: and you know, so again, I, I, I what we ended with, it's like do whatever we have to do with to deal with it. And I think one of the things you and I were talking at the top of the podcast was exercise was a big thing for me too. I mean, it was a really big thing. Reading, you know, understanding what some of the great mystics and some of the great wisdom thinkers uh, would do, you know. And the more I started reading about the great thinkers and the great thought leaders, you know, that we talk about, I started realizing it's like wow. The, the reason these people have something to say is because they've been able to navigate the uh, what what we would consider ourselves incapable of navigating and so when we see when we see these other men and women you're talking about the men and women that went through auschwitz or the men and women that went through horrible natural disasters or uh, or death and, and diagnosed that's that's our 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 heroism happens when we uh have to step up to the plate you and i were talking about it one of our faith happens when we're right in the middle of doubt we can't understand how faithful we are until we until we have to relate to how filled with doubt we are yeah
0: and it, it's it's there's also something in there to to like the idea that you know you're yeah because you touched on it like every everyone that i Respect, love, want to read about, um, want to meet, want to have a conversation with, has a level of depth to them because they've they've lived a life that is not risk aversive, right? Like exactly. they have actually, that whether they've liked it or not, whether they chose to or not, they've been they've been put into a very risky life, and they have chosen to transform that pain. Richard Rohr has an awesome quote about pain which is that it's, it's, it's all about transforming your pain. Like he's like, that's the, but he says, if you don't, if you don't transform your pain, you will transmit your pain.
1: Exactly. And I, he, he talked about spirituality is what we're doing with our pain. What am I doing with my pain?
0: In any spiritual tradition you look at, they're going to be talking a whole lot more about what it is to deal with the painful life than it is to, you know, what do you do when you've won the lottery or you, you know, you have you're you're retired and you're fat and healthy. Like there's not, there's not much that we want in that actually. Right. Like I don't, I may want, there's a, there's a study that was done. I think like it's, it's way out of date. So I don't even know what this number is, but there was a threshold number that you needed to make a year. And at the time the study was done, it was 75,000 a year past 75,000 a year uh, there's the rate of diminishing returns, which means like your happiness goes up at a factor of like, you know, a a billion for every like 5,000 a year you make up until 75,000. And and then after that, and again, this was, this was years ago in in LA, that's (laughs) whatever that number is for your median sort of baseline of life, uh, where you live, where you are, all of that kind of stuff. Once you hit that number, um, you, it be once your baseline needs are met and you are okay right then all of that sort of um, collecting hoarding uh, like, like drive to just just view your life as successful because you have money all of that doesn't doesn't give you any sense of happiness and, and moreover it doesn't give you any sense of meaning and that's actually the more important part because the happiness thing is fleeting but, but the meaning part of it is, like like so deep there's a there's a story um there's a parable in the um but again i only tell these because there's something beyond just christianity that matters in these it's just the, the power of a story or a myth or a theme um but there's a it's called the parable of the rich fool that's its actual name um sometimes it's you know it's it's uh talked about as like the parable of the storehouses or something, but like the <laughs> the best name I can find for it is the the parable of the rich fool. And it's used all the time in churches and by pastors and by Christians to kind of um say like, you know, you never know when God'll take you or, you know, whatever. I don't whatever bullshit meaning you want to put behind that. Uh, the real beauty behind this story is a couple things. So it's it's about a, a guy who um he he yields this huge harvest, which in, back in a farming culture was a really big deal. So he gets this huge harvest, which means like by our standards, he had a very, very good year, right? Like he, um, he did really well in the stock market, insert the blank, whatever it is, he's doing really good. And he says, I have no place to store my crops, which basically means like my, the place that I would store my crops. And in that, in that century at that time, you had these things called storehouses and these storehouses were designed to get you through a drought, get you through a drought, get you through a famine. If your storehouse was full, it was enough for years. Right. And his storehouse is literally full. We know that because he says, I don't have any place to store this stuff. So this means I'm good. And I am even more good than good. I'm good for years. The kind of stuff that like the American dream is chasing. I'm good. Just good. Then I have this really great year. Now I've got literally nowhere to put it. Now it's like the banks won't even take my money. I got to go invest in something. And then he said, "Uh, this is what I'll do. I'll I'll tear down the storehouse I have now, and I'll build a bigger one. In fact, I'll I'll bring in even more, and I'll store all this surplus, you know. And I'll I'll say, uh, look. And then this is like the quote. I'm gonna misquote this because it's not. I'm, I'm not. Re- you know, it's not. It's off the top of my head, but it's you have plenty." um, I'll say to myself, you have plenty. So like laid out for a years. So take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Right. Uh, and then the very next sentence is like, God says to him, "Like you fool, you idiot. Um, this is the, this is the last night of your life. And, uh, like you're gonna, you're gonna die tomorrow. Who's going to get what you've prepared for yourself. Um, and a lot of people take that as like a parable about like, this is about money or this is about um, uh, you know, overabundance or something, but really it's, it's about where are you going to find rest? Where are you going to find your rest? Because the person in the story, even before the good year could have said uh, that same line, I've got plenty laid up for many years. I'm going to take it easy, eat, drink, and be married. But he waits until, what he deemed like a certain goal to, to add rest. And I think that's where we get into trouble. It's not how much money you have. It's not any of this. It's like, where are you going to set the marker for yourself to, to be easy on yourself, to take it easy, to, to be restful, because it really has nothing to do with being rich.
1: Sometimes I even think, you know, those calculations of if this is over that, that, because I've seen people with tons of money that have great debt you know and so even we start throwing out the the data numbers like that and the research stuff like that and to me i think that's what does a disservice to us because it actually it actually causes us to characterize our experience in a certain way that it oh the numbers tell us this and that you know i shouldn't be happy if i have a hundred million dollars you know what i mean and so it's it winds up being paradoxical that, that well, I think,
0: I think that's it. I think it, it puts you in a, um, it puts you in a certain headspace where you go, Oh, well, because of this, I can't have that. Like it, it makes things unavailable when the truth is there's nothing that's unavailable. Like it's, it's all it, there. Just, I think again, you're exactly right. Yeah.
1: We just got to be in the moment with it. And that's why I think on you being on your, your journey of early recovery is, is really powerful for us because we, we, we don't want to try to fix that stuff. We don't want to try to explain that stuff away. We, in act, in actuality, we don't really even want to have the answers because f- feeling like we have the answers, or I can explain this away, or I can logic this through, it, it does a disservice too. We, I think, we really want to be in the organic quality of it, um, and I, that's that's why I think it's great to to maybe lead what I like to read is I like to lead, read the way people lead their lives, not what they do or what works or what doesn't work. I'm not interested in what they do or, or what works or what doesn't work. I'm, I'm, I like to read about how they're living with what they're experiencing, how they how they're, you know, it's not about the doing this or doing that. And again, even with spiritual practice, our our belief that if we have a daily spiritual practice, or we do this, or we do that, even the values. You know, um, I I love the value work, but um, to me, it's it's what am I, how am I actualizing that in the smaller moments of my life? It it's meant to be a guide. It's not meant to be a solution. Well,
0: hmm. no, that's because you don't want to. If I'm learning to play guitar, I don't really. I don't care I, I don't want to know about Jimi Hendrix's like mansion or yacht or whatever. I I want to know how he's interacting with the instrument. Like what what is it that he's what how is he touching the fretboard that's making it sound like that? Like how is he crafting those weird sounds? That's what I'm interested in, which is the practice rather than the results of or the the solutions or the the end results of what the practice is. It's the interesting the goods are in the yeah, yeah i, I the think method, i'm ju- the practice, to the, me i'm just
1: yeah. i'm just as interested in what he's not capable of doing as what he is capable of doing you know what what can what is it you're struggling to do yeah you make all these amazing sounds but you know what you know that there's also the flip side of it it's like with the val- with the values i mean the beautiful thing about the values is is that if i don't experience me being unkind I'm not get, my motivation for being kind, is is not that great because I I haven't seen I haven't experienced the pain of unkindness in order to, to in order to know the value of, of kindness. And a lot of times they tell us if you're doing a daily meditation practice, try stopping for a while, and then you begin to notice what that practice was was giving to you. It Was giving you a, a sense of self. Does that make yeah? So, yeah, 30 years of recovery. and I, this is to me, I can I see myself as just learning. I mean, I, I hope I hope I never stop seeing myself that way because I don't I, I mean I have my lonely moments. I have moments where I question my contribution to the planet. I'm, I'm going to be 70 years old this year and um, I, uh, um, this is not how I expected my life to turn out. I had all these ideas of how, you know, the music thing was really important to me. I came to L.A. because I wanted to be an actor. And, I, you know, I had, you know, uh, dreams of having a family and kids. Don't have any of that. None of it. Nothing worked out the way I thought it would. And what a, wonder- and what a wonderful thing that is.
0: What an amazing thing that is. I think it, that's, the, that's the other key, too, is you could live your life in cynicism over the fact that like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. Right. Like, and I think that's, so, I, I sit with, I sit with a lot of people right now. I think the pandemic did this in a large way too, where people's entire dreams, like lives, trajectories got rattled to the point that like, you know, a lot of my friends are just up and switching careers. They're leaving their jobs. They're having to leave their job. You know, some of them had no choice, but the, the bigger thing is like, the, the hardest thing is that, no, this is the way it was supposed to go, right? Like that's the statement that can get in our way so often is that's no, this is the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to get this. I'm supposed to be here. And the biggest thing that recovery and even the short time and my bouts with it have been, it, it's that as soon as you start saying like the word I'm supposed to, you're in a lot of trouble <laughs> because you're, I mean, that's the i think the the beauty of life is the pivots it gives you the unexpected turns the and and you end up in a place way bigger than you could ever imagine i mean your contribution richard and your life like could not have possibly gone any different in my eyes like where you are is exactly where you should be from my from the perspective of someone else looking in it's like that, that well this is like this is something that you know in the funniest part about it and that's the way that like the heart works and life works and love works is that you weren't, you weren't aiming for your target was lower than what actually (laughs) came to pass, you know, and, and somehow life, love, the universe, God, whatever it might be brought you to a space where now, you know, I mean, left to your own devices, you wouldn't have been able to come up with this. Right. (laughs) And And I I think that is, and it's so, it's
1: so interesting because, you know, even where I'm at today, you know, um, doing all the work I do, my head still goes, oh, I'm not reading enough. I've stopped reading. I've stopped learning. I've stopped exploring new new things, new avenues, new p- perspectives. I've stopped doing, and I really haven't, you know, I'm just allowing myself to do, because um, again, I, for me, I have to realize that that's kind of the automatic busyness of my thinking. It's just all, all my thinking. And it's not, it's not my business, really, what goes on in my head. <laughs> it's, it's like, nice, nice talking to you. Uh, good, good luck with all that shit. And it, again, it's not my business what goes on in my head. My business is the, uh, the action that I'm taking you know to the best of my ability and i think you know um but i i don't think anybody's immune to having those those doubts and those experiences that cause us to question and and wonder but um you, you know and i but you know i'm really grateful today i really really am grateful today and i i don't know that um i don't know that i would have wanted my life to go in a straight line Um, and it's had a lot of bumps and, uh, um, yeah. And, you know, it feels really good to be able to talk about it, but I tell you, those early days of going through that difficult pain, uh, of what I see you going through sometimes, one of the things that I know, and, um, I always have to come back if I'm going to pick up something and try to fix or, or change my experience. What is my desire? What is my desiring? Um. that I, I, I'm desiring something that the outside stuff is gonna give me, whether it's like some uh, healing method or whether it is a drink or whether it is some other people's quick fix kind of stuff. What am I desiring from this th- on the outside that I can't access on my own from the inside? because basically when I'm reaching for something on the outside to fix a feeling that I'm having on the inside I'm basically telling myself that I'm incapable of handling it and I'm not we're all capable of handling whatever we have going on our world has convinced us I think in many ways that we're not capable of handling